I'm thinking a lot about customer journey optimizations currently with the projects we do as well. And you just mentioned before uh, uh, you want to dive into revenue management in that context as well. But uh, for me, it's always interesting to, to learn that outside of the industry perspective, mm -hmm. right? Because we can take so much away from retail, right? Yeah. Because like Amazon, how they treat us, uh, how they idealize the customer journey and convert, it's just amazing. Even for if you first glimpse, if you look on the interface, it really looks, what did you say before? Bad. <laughs> um, no, it's, pretty, it's pretty simple. It's, pretty yeah, it's very simple. No, you said another word. Uh, Booking.com, same for me. Like from a user interface point of view and design point of view, it's a disaster, mm. but it works, it converts, right? Yeah, yeah. And we can take away the same from airlines, from your background as well, customer journeys. So given that, uh, what pain points do you see still in the industry when it comes to customer journeys and what's the solution in that context? Uh, so the experience with Allegiant Air, who um, in the US, well, th their their piece was that they don't distribute out, right? So they own all their own distribution, mm. uh, but they also fly on, un they fly from underserved markets to focus cities. So they're a vacation airline, and and unlike Europe, which has a lot of point to point mm. travel, you can you can kind of fly kind of almost anywhere. The US, in general, with the major airlines, were still hubbing through centers. So if you right. live in uh, Grand Rapids, Michigan, you've got to go to Detroit or Chicago to fly anywhere interesting. Right. Whereas they, Allegiant would move in there and go, all right, we can take you to three cities in Florida. We can take you to Vegas and yeah. no one else, and they've got no competition on 80% of the routes. So there's, that helps. It's unlike, unlike hotels where you're kind of stuck yeah. physically. Yeah. Um, they go where there, where there was you know, demand. Um, they distribute everything themselves so they can, you know, they, they have no sort of commissions going after GDSs. Um, but also some of the stuff they were doing was, you, and you see this quite commonly with low cost carriers is they unbundle the fare. Um, and so that you're choosing, you know, so they see it as a matter of choice mm -hmm. so that you can pay as much as you need to, to travel. But it's also a way of, you know, um, separating the tax out of it. Cause there's in the U S particular, there's a, there's a federal, um, um, charge for the that airfare is, yeah. so you're you're so your um, airfare if you make that as cheap as possible and then you're putting things into bags and seats and and, and other things so they're yeah. looking for that continual upsell so we're looking at easyjet this morning or yesterday same thing ryanair like you just got all this um, stuff thrown at you that that sort of um a, a little bit obfuscated to make you feel like you have to buy it you know so so things like um if you were to put it in a hotel context mm -hmm. um Allegiant sees themselves, and for a period, you know, they're, they're sort of evolving now, but there was a group of people there who, from an airline um, operational and finance point of view and technology point of view, who have moved on to other places now. And I got to work with them while they were growing the, the airline significantly. Um, but they saw themselves as a technology company that flew aircraft. So if they look at their, their, their booking engine, they own all their own inventory, they sell, there's all their, no, no one to distribute through. So they'll, they look at uh, air, air ancillary and third party. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> there's all sorts of ways they want to upsell. Some of it's bad user journey. Some of it you as a, as a you know, the, from the technology team, you're receiving these requests and you're going, why is this, this is terrible, but mm -hmm. it makes them, it's profitable. Um, but there was things there like, from just looking at the, on the hotel side of things, was like, well, if you look at it hotel compared to what they value which is air air ancillary and um third party the air ancillary stuff was stuff that you you know yes you still get a seat on a plane if you bought your airfare but the air ancillary was stuff if you really want your own seat if you want to choose your own 
um, you know, or add bags, how many bags you want to bring. I mean, there's still government regulation that you have to be able to take personal item on board, but like ca cabin baggage and, and other stuff. So they slice it up enough so that some customers think that it's you know, nickel and diming people, but others think that they can fly, you know, around the US for 40 bucks to Vegas is pretty good rather than spending thousands, right? Or hundreds. Um, yeah. But thousands would be coming from, say, Canada, right? So, so they would um, <clears throat> set up an airport just on the other side of the border and then fly people in. You know, to, they could drive their car for an hour and they'd fly to Vegas or Florida, significantly cheaper than an, than an international airfare. So that's the, if you look at that from the hotel side of things, yep. from, from the hotel revenue management side of things, my look at that was things like, okay, they show you things in the air ancillary piece that are things that you optionally buy into that sound great. And they so for example, when you see a seat map, they have a 60% take rate. So that or higher. So people so people always think that they have to, you know, they say, Don't you don't want a middle seat, we've got to buy this. Mm -hmm. So they always buy buying, and that's not taxed to the same amount as the airfare, that's why it's unbundled, and that's why they sort of um, quite maturely, uh, as from a marketing point of view, get you to buy that extra that seat or the extra legroom and these things you don't get. So you apply that to a hotel, maybe it's I'm six foot four, maybe and I don't like I wouldn't sleep in a twin bed because it's four inches shorter than a king bed, but maybe if I saw a hotel room map, I would and there was a floor that only had uh, king beds in it, but mm -hmm. they were 50 bucks more a night and I, am I sleeping in a twin? Yes, I could, right? But I'd I'd choose the the king bed because I will get the four inches longer, it's 84 inches or whatever it is. So basically like uh, within the booking engine experience, if you could then already pre-select the room which you want to have. the room type, a room type that's, that's geared, around, yeah. uh, geared around that type of experience. Yeah. Like it could be that you you know, you know need the experts. So it's all about influencing you like, you know, like yeah. you, you don't want to sit in the middle. Well, in, 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 a, in a hotel context, it'd be, well, I need a, I need a longer bed. Yeah, you know, I have to. Have, I have to have one. Quite the rooms in the And that's the other side. It could be that you, you know, hotels at the moment they allow you to, you know, if you've allowed four people in the room, what are you doing? Why would you have two beds? You want to sell two rooms, yeah. right? At, full, at as much as you can get out of it. So mm. why would I ever fit a room out with two beds, yeah. right? two two queens, uh, or or allow um, a child under fourteen, a minor, to uh, to be there with a trundle bed, a, a, a rollout. But maybe um, if you're older than that, you have to, you know, you pay. And some some properties do do that, right? But right. Uh, but what I mean is, like from the the low cost carrier point of view, they're always trying to find a way where it it makes sense for you to buy that extra thing. But then on the other side, and make the entry point as well yeah, easier yeah. at the same time. Because right? you're getting you're, you've got you're starting with a fare like it's like eight bucks, and yeah. all of a sudden you've spent. You know, 300 through 200 300 mm. and they've done that to you because it's your choice at, mm. at all, all times but it's like it makes sense like there's there's some interesting stuff there that they get into in the airline space with the seat maps which mm. probably is not known but they do seat masking so as a family of three i've booked through another u.s carrier and i guarantee i can't find i won't be allocated seats three together my son's five so for me to look on the seat map and see and get three seats together i gotta pay yeah. But they use masking to, again, influence you to choose. I have to choose that one. So there's stuff there that's happening that is quite mature as far as how to get you to pay by increments and should only show you the big price right at the end when you're about to pay and check out. Mm. So there's stuff that they're doing that is interesting. And then, like I said, these are things that are ancillary. I don't actually need them, but I, I choose to buy them. Mm. When you look at the resort fee question and, and like San Francisco is, doing, is getting the resort fees, Vegas sort of led the way with the resort fees. 
it's to, it's to do with the fact that they can the resort fee um, uh, might be. Uh, the hotel stays charged at with the you know the local um, yeah like a city tax city tax and that sort of things whereas the resort fee will be taxed at sales tax mm. so it's a lot it's less so in the San Francisco context one's fifteen percent one's eight point seven five or whatever mm. it is so why pay more tax out to the to the, the local government um, but they call it a resort fee and the things that are in there things that you kind of now expect to be standard right so. The low cost carriers will do things like a, a passenger usage charge and put it right next to the government taxes. Mm. So you have these things which look like it's just, oh, that's just a government fee. That's, you know, so they associated that with that's a compulsory charge from the government, even mm. though it's not. Mm. Um, whereas from a, in it's a rather sneaky, no, it, yeah, rather than the hotel space, it's like a resort fee. What the hell, why, why am I paying for towels and Wi Fi, right? Mm. Like that should be part of my stay. They've got a pool and I need internet, like it's a standard thing. So if you were to look at changing, change the name, don't use resort fee, right? And, and, and put it right next to the government charges rather than right next to your, you know, what, what's actually required you to stay choosing a room and, and other things. Yeah. So there's stuff like that that I find that they, that when I'm, when we start getting into discussions like this, that, well, yeah, low cost carriers have this knack of really focusing on that, that upsell, sometimes through trickery in the booking path, but other times it's 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 to really just you know um, from a revenue point of view they're hiding things in plain sight as well. Mm. Well, it's not really just the low cost carriers. I mean, the big ones do it too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They're, 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 they're all they're all, they're all copy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, we could talk for ages, but before we finish up, I would like to get from the both of you a little bit about what you're doing with Trapotech. What's your um, direction with 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 Trapotech? I know you want to try to do more with startups and work with the startup scene in Vegas. Um, so maybe differentiate for us what's the difference yeah. between Testbeds Vegas mm. and Trafotech mm. and what your plans are. Yeah, yeah sure. Well, well you know, Testbed Vegas was something that Shane and I kicked off through the recognition that Las Vegas as a destination doesn't really have um, a big technology scene around travel and hospitality. And, because, and given that it's one of the, well, not one, it's the largest consolidated travel destination in the world. And we're both working there in technology and we're thinking well, why is this not a place where people are building technology for the industry because that's what Las Vegas does mm -hmm. right mm -hmm. so that that was the foundation of that and, and our energy there is really about trying to establish that industry culture. yeah well beyond culture but, but industry in Las Vegas for right. all the reasons not not just purely from industry but state you know incentives and living and, and demographic reasons for being in las vegas so you know we kicked that off with the with the intent of turning it into a hub for industry right um which is great for industry because las vegas is probably the only place in the world that is entirely focused on the business of travel hospitality and entertainment mm more than 50% of the GDP of the city comes from the industry. Yeah, of course. More than half a million people are working directly in that space. So, yeah, we just think it's a natural progression and that's what we're trying to achieve. And it's there. a not-for-profit organisation, yes. right? Yes, yeah. Right. yeah. Okay, so then we transition to Travotech. What's the difference? Hmm. Well, that's a for-profit business. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much what I figured. <laughs> no, so, so, you know, I mean, Travotech is really about leveraging, you know, career experience. So. It's a it's a vendor facing organisation and it's a and it's a, an operator facing organisation right. because we've both been on both sides of um, mm. 
industry um, and, it, and it ranges from you know, helping people get a, a software product established and built um, mm -hmm. to you know, looking in, to enter a new market, whether it be onshore or offshore, because Shane and I have both uh, worked around the world as well. So you know, what the reason we're in Europe at the moment mm -hmm. is to meet European companies who ultimately will eventually have an inter interest in coming into to a massive, yep. you know, hospitality technology market and to also perhaps better understand that market yeah, right. because given yeah. the ge obviously markets are different and some companies don't transition sure. well with them so that's not well, and, and they are different you know and, and then different. of course you know from a sort of domestic operation of Travatech is for north american based companies stepping out yeah of north america yeah. um into you know the other places we've worked being asia and europe so well, right. yeah. and that, that's the crux of it. And, and you know, there's a stack of things that we can do in that space, given sort of the, the, the breadth of our backgrounds that we've had. So it could be, you know, it could be mentoring technology leaders. It could be, you know, advising them strategically. It could be helping with market entry. It could be digital transformation for, you know, operators in the space, um, you know, or, or asset optimization uh, programs for hotel operators who, you know, are not, extracting the full value of the technology they yeah. have yeah. Okay, um so yeah it's quite quite a broad quite a broad platform that, that you know leverages that that background and so my only my two cents on it is that both companies in, uh regardless of what their, their their overall purpose is is it's a vehicle for me um to partly say motivated in the in this space is that you know, finding passionate people uh, because generally the best, some of the best people I've met around travel and hospitality are all very passionate. They're very interested in, in the fact that their technology enables, um, you know, this industry enables these travel experiences, guest experiences, right? So, and when you keep, when you keep, when you come across and find people who are switched on, who are passionate about what technology can do to enable it, that's the people that I like to meet. So, mm. so regardless of which business, we're out there trying to, you know, coming across people mm. visiting Cologne, many people with very similar mindsets with why we get together and talk and really drive this stuff. Because at the end of the day, it creates to me this, um, even if it's a, a boring backend system, it's actually enabling someone's family to have a vacation and create memories or a business to, you know, succeed. This, this is what travel and, and, uh, and, 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 and hospitality has, has brings to the, to the world, right? Yeah. So it's a positive contribution to, yeah. the, to the planet. I think you know, going back to one of the very early points that you made um, you know, about adoption at the end of the day, I think what we recognize you know, from our background, because we're both motivated by that and we've both sort of been in industry, and I, I would call myself a hotelier first and a, a technologist second because I still feel very, very strongly about that. Um, you know, for me, that's always been the point of technology. Technology is really, I mean, my, my, my view is it's about competitive advantage. And if you can't get some competitive advantage from technology, maybe you shouldn't be doing it. But mm. in our industry, you know, the opportunity, going back to what you had said earlier, Daniel, is, is well, and, and some around the marketplace discussion is, well, you know, people aren't used to trying that and used to venturing. The window of opportunity in our industry, um, you know, I usually say 10 years if you're an early adopter of a piece of technology, but in actual fact, in some cases, it's 20. Yeah. 20 years of being able to do something because of a tool that you're competition can't do 
which is an extraordinary opportunity in any business. And that really is, you know, one of the things that we want to try to help people do is be brave and take on the technology for the, the opportunities that it brings to your business and the big step forward that it gives you. Yeah. Um, it takes a bit of courage. Yeah. But in today's world, technology truly is so, so much more robust than, than when we all got started in it and so much more stable. And it's not, it doesn't have the risks in it that it used to have. The, well, the, I, think, I think people will be braver to, make, to have that courage, if you like, to make that change once they understand more the landscape. It's about, and it all comes back to why, why we started Tech Talk Travel. It's all about creating that, that understanding, that, that knowledge sharing, that educational piece, so that it gives operators, yeah. hoteliers, the, the, the confidence to be, to be able to understand the conversation when they're sitting in front of technologists or vendors. But it, it, it enables them with yeah. the ability to ask the right questions and, and the poignant questions and to know when perhaps they may be having the wool pulled over their eyes. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Because that's happened a lot in the past and, and, and that's something that has annoyed me very much and another reason why we started Tech Talk because mm -hmm. it has to be very transparent. There has to be transparency there. In yeah. order for us to succeed as an industry when it comes to technology anyway, for people to understand each other on either side of the fence, there has to be transparency. Mm -hmm. As soon as you put walls up, you're going to have problems. No, it's yeah. true. But, you know, I mean, it's, it, it, it's funny having seen so much technology come into industry. Um, and we have a lot of technology. You know, a lot of people say, oh, there's no technology. That's not mm -hmm. true. Yeah, we have a, a, a wealth absolutely of great technology in this industry oh, and, and, and you know the, but but if you're not willing to take it on and if you're not willing to put it into the business well you know sure yeah. it's easy to sit back and and lament about what what could and should it be but mm. the truth is that if if you yeah and, and, and it, it is a strategic approach it must be a strategic approach that the, the, the shotgun approach to technology adoption is not the way to go. And, you know, people talk about strategy and it's, a, it's an easy throwaway line, but these are assets and it, it really does require a very, very well-based and thoughtful approach to what you're doing and where you're going, not because of technology, but because of what you're trying to achieve in your business. Mm -hmm. um, and, and, you know, certainly having executed on that in, in my career, it makes a massive difference with where you start from and how things yeah. end up yeah. in the yeah. end. Yeah. And I hope with conversations like this, it makes it more accessible for technologists to understand the industry more, who are going to come up with solutions because mm -hmm. uh, we kind of mentioned before, there's a lot of the real problems that need to be solved are generally people who've you know, so people who are solving them in a great way have come from a hospitality background. They've gone to a hotel school they've, or they've got a, mm. uh, a background in tourism, right? They've, um, whereas, whereas sometimes you get, you're getting uh, new technologies come in that are, you know, they, more they, they, have, they, have, they have not had that experience. So yeah. an example may be, um, you know, we, something we came across in the, in the housekeeping space and they were talking about different digital devices. There's a lot of wearables around now. So, well, have you stopped and thought that a housekeeper's job is not to be looking or, you know, and they're using their hands for a living? Mm -hmm. um, it's maybe it's not a wearable on their wrist. Maybe it's somewhere else. Maybe it's not a wearable at all. Um, because understanding time and motion and what they do as a job is, is different. And the fact that that, 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 um, that, techno you know, that technologist or that technology company might not have understood that, 
you know, uh, because they haven't had the exposure to it, right? Yeah. So there's things there that I, I find that, that it's, it's got to be two ways. It's like getting the hoteliers to, giving them accessibility to understand, but getting more technologists to understand the industry. Yeah, exactly. And like I said, because I stayed at a hotel and I thought I, and I, thought I knew how to create, create a hotel product. Yeah. And it's not yeah. true because it's just staying in a hotel. Yeah. You tend towards coming up with guest experience or venue discovery and that type of thing, whereas the real problems are back office. Yeah. Well, you know, I, I think the other thing too, which, which fascinates me, and I, I used to, you know, something that I used to, you know, talk with my teams about when when I was on the on the on the operator side, is that eighty percent of the technology in our industry is used by the operation, and yet most of what we hear about is all the customer facing technology, which I've always found that fascinating. Because, I think that's shifting, Marco, yeah. to be honest. I think I yeah, so. 80% yeah. was perhaps the case, but now I think it's um, it's more meeting in the middle when you can mm. when you consider how uh, the booker, for example, the guest is um, already having the experience with a hotel well before they've arrived. And that's, that experience is delivered through the technology. Mm. Um, and then, of course, the property experience, and then the after experience. So you're you're right. There's a huge uh, component of the on property from the the, the the associates or the staff's perspective. But I think uh, there is a shift there. Yeah. No. I, yeah, I, 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 I don't. No. I don't disagree with that. And I think one of the things that um, yeah, I was just having this discussion yesterday with with some other industry peers, and and yeah, it it is. It, it, it's a very interesting shift in our industry watching the guest have so much more to do with creating everything that needs to be done. Mm. And as an industry, we don't actually have to do quite as much operationally anymore. Mm. You, know, you think about reservations, right? Or updating registration cards. Well, well now they've given you mm. all that information before they've checked in, which changes a lot of things from a, you know, an operational process perspective. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, some great technologies out there doing that. Yeah, let's, let's wrap it up. Yeah, let's wrap it up. Gentlemen, yeah. great to have you. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you, gents. Um, Cheers, man. Always great to see you. Now we have to um, uh, go for lunch and then we'll probably end up in a uh, pub somewhere. Do you think? Be, well, it's Friday night, you know. Um, guys, thanks for watching. I hope you enjoyed that. Uh, if you did, make sure you hit the bell button. Subscribe, hit the bell button for your notifications. And until next time, it's bye for now. Thanks.